Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance off a Monday double dip. The Eagles may not have been pretty, but they were efficient. Joe Burrow guts it out of the Bengals back in business. And the biggest company in the world just needs to be better. All that and more on the menu. Let's do this. Here we go! Only one place to start. Hurts of the gun. Let's it go. And it is complete. Touchdown! Alonzo Zacchaeus. And Jalen threw a 34-yard strike. We found a way to win. We found a way to execute. We just have to be efficient with what we do. All right, we are overrun with Eagles fans on the staff of this show. Hashtag Hembo. Hashtag Cam. Both fans of the Philadelphia Eagles. You want the good news? They're 3-0. and You want the bad news? They're not a lot of fun to watch. Folks are not excited except Jeff Saturday gets frustrated when I say it. He and Dominique Foxworth, good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. You think the Eagles are a a, a thing of beauty right now, don't you? Absolutely. You you know, you're you're the type of fan that you can never please. You know what I mean? It's like if if Aaron Rodgers would have stayed healthy and they're not scoring 40 a game, you'd have been like, you'd have been disappointed. I mean, think about this from the Eagles fans. They are... They are just starting. Brand new offensive coordinator coming in. Everybody's kind of learned this system. In fact, you even saw Sirianni grab the, grab the card a little bit last yep. night yep. and make some plays. And they they had 470 yards offense la, uh, this week, 430 last week, and we're complaining that it's ugly. This is insanity. I, they, they rushed for almost two bills, and, and this is a this is a thing of beauty. This is what you call O line and D line complete domination, and that is what wins football games. Why are we going to be so excited to see them in January and February? Hurts and his receiving court, they'll get it put together. They'll they'll have some big plays. But even last night, he's got he's got an hour in the pocket on that first deep over <laughs> yeah. to score. I mean, it's because of protection. All of those things come off of good offense and defensive line play. So to say it's ugly, it does piss me off. <laughs> Because we we, we I mean, have made this thing more entertainment than value. The value is we're winning and not hitting all of our numbers from an efficiency standpoint. It's ugly. You just like ugly. Oh so like, it's, it's, it's okay just to be honest about you liking ugly. So the point of the matter is they set a standard that we saw last year, and we're just expecting that. We saw what they were capable of, and I think they expect that too. That's why when you hear Nick Sirianni talk, he's not, say, he's not making the argument that you're making. Although he could, he is also saying, yeah, it's early. We're not playing our best ball now because he knows that they have to play better because they're not just trying to win the division. They're just not just trying to get into the playoffs. This team has Super Bowl expectations, and ugly games like that are not what a Super Bowl team is going to look like. Maybe that's what they look like early in the year, but in order to win the Super Bowl, they're not going to be able to be that ugly. Uh, but you're right. They have the foundations. They win in the trenches every week. They are, have everyone outmatched, and they may have gotten the steal of the draft. By getting Jalen Carter. Carter. I mean, just a quick moment on him. He's oh. ridiculous. Everyone told me yeah. as we were preparing for the draft, he's the best player. We knew whatever the question marks. And we know what he was I mean, directly involved in and all that stuff. So there were legitimate right. question marks. Um, but holy smoke, is he good. Vicious. And, and he, he's looking like a Pro Bowl player his first three weeks. And you saw the punch <laughs> out, uh, you know, turning and running to the ball, the physicality he plays with in the trenches, all of those things. Again, it makes everybody else around him better. And he's a rookie. I mean, you're three games in. It's, it's this style that they keep replicating on both sides of the line of scrimmage that, that, that is so impressive. And again, all the rest of the flash will come because teams 
teams will now have to adjust to right. that, and that's when the flash plays and, come. And they can have, yeah, the, you can have error in the back end on defense when you have a D-line like that. And For you sure. can have mistakes in the passing game when you have an offensive line like that. But I would like to point out that we mentioned he's in his third game. The presence of mind to, like, he was – aiming for that ball. Absolutely. Like that peanut punch is not normally something that you see at a third game for a defensive tackle. He's an incredible player. The intelligence on top of the athleticism and the power. He's beaten double teams. Oof. Adding him to that defensive line seemed unfair when it happened, and it's starting to look unfair on the field. Facts. Greeny and the guys are here. A bunch of different ways you can hang out with us every day. You can watch on the ESPN app. Just click on watch. Look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy. And if you miss any of the show, both hours are available anytime you want the Greeny podcast available daily, wherever you get your podcast. So it seems to me like this, uh, Neek, the AFC is filled with all these quarterbacks, some up, some down right now. Obviously, two is playing great. Mahomes looks great. And, and that the NFC, you got these three teams that feel like they've separated themselves and two of them feel like they're bullies. Yeah. And the third one feels like it's predicated on speed. That's an interesting matchup to me as a general rule. The 49ers and the, and the Eagles want to bludgeon you. The Cowboys want to play the way Jeff Saturday's old Colts teams used yes. to do. They want to get a lead, and then they want to rush the passer. What, what is the more effective way, in your opinion, to win championships in football today, with physicality or with speed? Yeah, it'd be nice to have both. That, that's the <laughs> but, question. Uh, yeah, is both think, really an yeah. option? I mean, I, I guess it depends on which, uh, who has both. Give me a team in the NFL right now. Does San Francisco have both? Yeah, it kind of feels like San Francisco has both. They got like, both. I mean, they, they aren't as fast as the Dolphins, or any, but their offense has the capability of completely exploding in certain situations, even without what we – and Purdy's played well, but we understand that he's not on the Mahomes level. But that's what you really want. And they have a defense that is – good in just about all situations and they don't have to do too many complicated schemes it's just like let's put our guys out there let's play cover three and let our d-line beat your o-line so that'd be pretty nice to be able to have the cowboys i wouldn't consider them a finesse team but i do think of this group they are the of the teams that we named they are the team that is more tailored to a faster paced style of game where they want to get a lead and that's why like i was a little bit trepidatious about letting kellen moore go because kellen moore's his point was, we're going to score as many points as we can right. and get up and then let them rush. We've seen that work in the first couple of weeks with them against teams that were lesser opponents. They played the Cardinals, who also was a lesser opponent, and they weren't up, and it got ugly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, I, I think the Eagles can be very explosive. I think with Brown, yeah. Smith, That's true. I mean, even Goddard, they got two backs who can go. They can rotate them. They have explosive players all over the field. They'll, they'll figure it out. Again, I think that's the offensive coordinator and Hurts kind of getting on the same page, and that will, that will come to fruition. I agree with you, though. I think San Francisco um, – from an offensive perspective in the NFC, they're, they're the ones you're going to chase. I think they've averaged over 30 points a game the first three games, so they're putting points up. they got a good defense that's going to try to lock you down. Uh, but but those, those three teams, the Cowboys for me, it, it, listen, it, it's, the issue for me with them is they're going to have to start fast in games. Like, they, like what you saw from the Cardinals and, you know, giving up 187 yards rushing in the first half, that's going to be tough for them to overcome, right? Because they, they're not built to kind of play like that. Like, that, they, they want to protect the ball. They want to take a lot of chances. Is it possible? Yeah. It, I think it was an anomaly of a game, but it, it is a con- cause of concern when you see how explosive can we be and 
and then the red zone issue for them, it's been around all three weeks. They're going to have to fix that to be in this conversation. I think when it comes down to it, like I, I picked the Cowboys before the season started, but I feel a little bit more confident in the Eagles, even with the 49ers in that conversation, because of the quarterback position. There will come a time you, you can't – I'll scheme everybody offensively. There's going to come a time where you need your player to make a play. And we yeah. saw last night Jalen Hurts it wasn't there for the team in many situations. But you know what he did? A couple times he, he just it. scrambled around and made something incredible happen. Absolutely. And we haven't seen that from Purdy in the biggest moments. Doesn't mean he can't do it. We haven't seen it uh, in the biggest of moments from Dak Prescott. But I think that's what puts you over the top. Is the, They're going to win most – trench battles, and they have a quarterback who can overcome the scheme in certain situations. All right, Greeny and the guys. The, the best thing about my job is that I get to ask you guys questions that most of the rest of us would never know the answers to. So I, I want you to take us, in the minutes we have left here, inside three buildings oh, right now. Let's start with the fun one. Okay. Whew. What's going on in the Kansas City building right now? Like Travis oh, Kelsey is jokes, dating jokes. the, the biggest yeah. star in the world. Right. Yes. I mean, she is, she might literally be the most famous person in the entire world. What's going on? Absolutely. A lot of autograph materials getting dropped in his locker right now. Lots of material getting thrown in there as a joke. Like he's saying, yeah. they're going to put stuff in there. Everybody's going to they're going to put up in the team meeting all his social media stats that have oh, increased yeah. all his jersey sales, all because of the Swifts that, that yeah. have put him on the map. And, and listen, you, we even talked about it this morning, like the whole thing going on on X, like where somebody's like, you know, some girl is going, I, I never heard of Travis Kelsey. Who is this Travis Kelsey guy? And the, and the dude's getting hot. Like he was a baller. He was a Hall of Famer, right? Like, like yep. all that is going to start starting in that locker room. They're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's a good time when you're winning. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're blowing teams out. You got jokes. You're right. The team meeting is going to be full, oh. full of jokes at Travis's expense. They're going to be screenshots of him looking goofy standing next to Taylor Swift. For sure. It's going to be roasted and there'll be videos uh, or clips from social media about people who had no idea who he was. It's going to be a good time yes. in that locker room. And the best part is, you know, Andy Reid will play along. Like, oh, yeah. that's the best part. The best part is, you know, Andy Reid, he will fuel some of this. They will have a good time. And it'll keep the locker room loose, right? Yeah. I mean, it's early in the season. It's a long season. So let's have some fun with it. Do you think she'll be at the game Sunday night they play the Jets? Absolutely. Is she going to be there? I hope so. It'll yeah. be fun. I mean, I, in New York, it could I, be the most entertaining thing about the game. Absolutely. There's a real chance of that. Yes. Yes. Hembo yes. suggested yesterday that if the two football games she ever goes to in her life, she sees Chicago's offense and oh. then the Jets offense, oh, no. that she may, she might just decide and she doesn't understand why people like this sport and never come back. <laughs> Hembo just crushing dreams out there. She, she did get to see Patrick Mahomes throw that For ball. Real. So like, she's still seeing the football best. at its purest form or at its tie, highest form, maybe uh, with the Jets. Are doing. Maybe she's a maybe she loves defense. So. She, she she's a she actually is an Eagles fan. Uh, and okay. by the way, they're really called, yes, she is. She's oh an, my word! She, she mentions she grew up in, uh, in in Pennsylvania, and she, there's a, there's a reference to the Eagles in one of her songs. And there was always this big question: Is she talking about the football team or the band? Man. And when she played in Philly, she announced. Anyone who knows me knows that was about the football team. And I, the place went listen, crazy. how good is this? Now Jason can be all about <laughs> he can be on Travis. That's his brother, for those who don't know, it's can be all about she's a true Eagle, so she don't even like the Chiefs. <laughs> she just date you. You just part of it, bro. She don't even like it. She loves the that is even better. Well, I that's how it. this is how big a deal it's become. When that game starts last night, I'm pointing out Jason on the field. See, see the one who's gonna snap the ball right now? That's Travis Kelsey's brother. <laughs> I'm I pointing love it. him out. Okay, so there's the fun one. Let's go inside the Jets building. I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, it, it is 
everyone knows Oof. what's going on. Yeah. What, what's happening inside that building? Oh, it is it is brutal. And, and I, Salah is having to hold this locker room together. I mean, you saw the Michael Carter, you know, he and he and his coach had an issue. Garrett Wilson's had some sauce. So all, all this young talent that they have – and Brees Hall's put stuff out on his social media. Yeah. All, all this young talent that they're building uh, for this organization is having a hard time. And part of that is because of what expectations were going in. And then four plays in the season, this catastrophic injury to the guy who you thought was going to carry you there. So I think from the organizational standpoint, you got to hold it together. Keep these guys together. Um, it, it, these are tough days. When, when you show up knowing or, or having very little confidence that the guy who's going to lead you from an offensive standpoint can get things done, those are tough days to show up to work. Yeah, the um, defensive group chat is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I will yes. guarantee you yes. that. And the tough thing about these situations is when you feel like uh, you don't have much hope, when something bad happens, we all look at each other. And it's like a demoralizing feeling. And whatever resilience or whatever comeback hope that you might have, a little bit of it dies. Even though you don't try any – you don't try – like you try as hard as you can, it still feels tough. And you just look when Trav – or when Zach eventually throws another interception, which he will at some point this season, you're going to look at your guys on the sideline of defense and like – here we go again. You're yeah. going to run out there, and the intensity is going to drop a little bit. It's hard. That's why we talk about they need a spark of some kind. Yeah. Whether it's some sort of uh, incredible motivational speech or a new player or something. they got to find a new philosophy, a way to go about things. They have to find something that they can say to each other when things go wrong. Because need, right they now, they don't got nothing. They need to bring Ray Lewis in there just for motivational <laughs> speech. Just, just hire him. Put him on retainer for pregame, dog. Uh, he will get him right. He'll get him defensive some speeches now. Them dudes will be playing out They'll be hype until that first interception, <laughs> and they're going to look at each hey, other. Look, they're playing Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, so the point is you can't ask that defense. You can't say to the defense, all right, guys, you got to hold the Chiefs to 10 points. This year. That's just not on the list no, of options. No, no one's holding no, no. them to 10 points. Yeah. So it's a game that they go into with, and I hate to say it, they go into it knowing they have yeah. no chance to win. I mean, I mean literally how, none. How bad is it for us as fans? Like, Jets, Chiefs, like how excited was everybody oh, for this game? This is the Sunday night game. Oh, this is the game just they handpicked. Wah, wah. I mean, it's just brutal. It's tragic. It I is. Mean, it, it, it's it is. a tragedy. Especially All for right. you, Jets fan. Guys, we'll see you back here tomorrow again, right? <laughs> yes, same sir. time, same place. You got it. Dominique Foxworth, Jeff Saturday, the best. Thank you, guys. Coming up, the biggest company in the world just needs to be better. And I will explain why right after this on ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply reggie white who's a defensive end for the green bay packers says that the fire bombing of his church in knoxville tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him first there was one fire then there was another then there was another it wasn't just reggie's church that burnt down hundreds of churches burned in the 90s i think we have a major problem in our country and we don't want to admit and that has to do with racism was this 1996 or 1956 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents through the flames listen now wherever you get your podcasts Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. I was supposed to play golf with a buddy of mine today, and something came up I'm not going to be able to make. I text, I can't make it today. I really hope you can find someone else to play. Let's do it next week. He texts me back at 7.59. What happens at 8 o'clock? I start my TV. So I just very quickly wrote back, sorry, my man, before realizing I had typed in an L and an A, autocorrected, sorry, my lamb, old English like a term you might use for like your sweetheart and I haven't heard back this is Greeny Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance that's exactly right the world's biggest company just needs to be better what could possibly what algorithm could possibly say that the likeliest thing I was trying to text there was my lamb why would they think that this weekend I had an even worse example of this and I just need to get this off my chest I need you to listen carefully I just want you to know so I want to bring in Cam in particular on this with along with Bubba and Hembo because Cam you're the youngest in the group and I always just assume the youngest person in any collection of people is going to be the most knowledgeable about social media and technology okay because you are a technology native you have always lived here I am a technology immigrant. I moved here at some point in like my 30s or even my 40s was when the world became what the world is now. And so I'm still trying to figure it out. You've always lived in a world where this stuff existed. So, Cam, I'm assuming you have a better chance of explaining this to me than even Hembo or Bubba. But I'm certainly willing to throw it open to everyone. So you just heard a brief summation of what happened last week with my golf buddy, Jared. It was humiliating that Apple, that my iPhone, auto-corrected the words, sorry, my man, to sorry, my lamb. I'm getting the business from everyone at my golf club about this. I can't begin to tell you how many people are calling me now my lamb. (laughs) So then this weekend, it happens again, only worse. This is worse. This is the worst. And someone needs to explain it to me. Saturday night, rainy in New York, grabbing a quick dinner with friends. My buddy Mitch Truitt is having with his wife. They're coming down, and we're having dinner together. And Stace and I are in the restaurant. We got a little bottle of champagne working. The four of us are going to have a little nice evening. And they're a little late. And I looked down at my phone, and I have a text from him. And I'm going to read it to you verbatim. We're meeting at 6 o'clock Saturday night. This text comes at 
p.m. And it says, there in five tragic nuts. That's what it says. And then underneath that, in a new text, it says traffic. So he's explaining to me that he was trying to say traffic as though I needed to explain to me that he might have been trying to say tragic nuts. He might have been trying to tell me that they're going to be delayed because of a tragedy with the nuts. Tragic nuts? What algorithm decided that the likeliest thing he's trying to type here are the words tragic nuts? Has anyone ever typed the words tragic and nuts consecutively in the history of the English language? Is that a disease of which I'm unaware? I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, you have tragic nuts. Why in the world did he this autocorrect traffic to tragic nuts? Cam, explain this to me. Maybe Apple just hasn't realized phrases yet. Like, I mean, like traffic nuts isn't really a, a phrase. Either. What do you mean it's on Mitch? What should Mitch have done? How in the world could this have autocorrected to traffic? I don't. Tragic th- I don't nuts? think it autocorrected. I think he typed tragic. Apple knows that tragic is a word. If he typed traffic with three F's, it probably would have corrected it back to two F's. But since he typed a word that is actually a word, it just went with it. So you're telling me what you think is that it he typed tragic nuts. I think nuts. he typed tragic nuts. He meant to type traffic, obviously. He All right, here's himself. what I want you to do. Hembo, take out your phone right now. Okay. Because that actually does make some sense to me. He may have accidentally typed tragic Just nuts. Just like you typed my lamb. Because he might have meant to say traffic nuts, but he came out tragic. I want you to type the words to me. Mm-hmm. T- try typing to me. Traffic nuts. Okay. But just spell it with one F. T-R-A-F-I-C. Oh, I see. And, and, and I'll tell you what comes through. Okay. All right. So you're tapping it to me right mm-hmm. now. And let's just see what comes through. Because tragic nuts just seems to be an, an inexplicable. Okay. It just came through with one F. It says traffic nuts. Wow. <laughs> Hembo doesn't even have autocorrect on. No, <laughs> does auto, is autocorrect something you can turn off? It is. It yeah. is. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, man. Get me out of this. Drive me off this picture. I can't live like this. I check my own texts anyway. I never hit send except for that one day. That except it for the one where you called Lamb. I, I ne- otherwise, I, I text with punctuation. All right, try another one. Hembo, I can see the three little dots. You're texting me something else, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just sending variations of this. Now it says traffic nuts. Now it says tragic nuts. What I don't understand, Greeny, is how... Like, my phone's algorithm is smart enough to know that if I talk about anything three hours later, all of the ads will be exactly about those things. That's right. Oh, and you're going to get a whole bunch of ads for Tragic Nuts 100%. Now. Tragic Nuts, Tragic Nuts, Tragic Nuts. Three hours from now, my entire Instagram reel will, will be, be filled with what? Dying acorns. Various things related to nuts. There is no such thing as Tragic Nuts. What I'm saying is that we have the technology that curates everything exactly as we should see it. And yet, Tragic Nuts is an option. Like, it's, it's, it's like... It, like just because we can go to Mars now doesn't mean we shouldn't fix our roads. Like we have to get let's get autocorrect first. That's right? what I mean. Before we send people to the moon, they That's, just need to be better at this. A hundred percent. This is exactly, not on Mitch. No, this is not on Mitch. They it's can't Mitch. read your mind though. He typed a word that is a word. Tragic is a word. But then, what is the point of autocorrect if you can actually type to someone tragic nuts? Tim, we're not asking what? to read his mind. We're asking to understand word sequences. Yes, like tragic nuts has never been used consecutively, like Greeny said. Autocorrect is not for phrasing. Autocorrect is just for words. That's the point. The Man, point is, it could be. It should be. Tragic is a it word. Must be. I have another and theory. Nuts are words. Bubba, yeah. here's my other theory. Anything with nuts is funny. Right. Like you can't anything, anytime Fair. the word nuts is involved, it's funny. Like I'll never forget when I back when I worked in Bristol, there was um, a little area in the calf where the cafeteria, you know, where you would you would get 
uh, like snacks yep. to and put them in a plastic bag. When you came up, they would wave them, and that's how they would charge you. And one time, the guy behind the thing said to me, oh, Mr. Greenberg, you're going to have to put your nuts on the scale. And I, <laughs> oh, I, my gosh. I could not continue. Like, I couldn't. I said to him, how do you expect me to go back to work now? Like, I'm supposed to host SportsCenter tonight after you just told me to put my nuts on the scale? Like, that's no human being. No human being could function through that. None. So anyway, that bothers me. And then this comes up again. So Field Yates tries to type. Justin Jefferson goes down in the game this weekend. We all probably saw Justin Jefferson, who is, I mean, he's the best receiver in football and, and, and probably the most important fantasy player in the sport, if not he's close. And that's Field Yates's, you know, area of concern. So he's lying on the ground, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, don't let him be hurt. And then it turns out that he just had cramps. So Field Yates tries to tweet he just had cramps. But instead, he says, Justin Jefferson just had craps. And again, just with just craps, huge sigh of relief as he's now back on the field. No one has ever had a huge sigh of relief because they had just craps. Like, that's a pretty serious condition. And so my point is, well, I guess there are a few questions this brings up. But one of them is, would you rather have just craps or tragic nuts? <laughs> Which one of those is worse? I would rather have just craps. Yeah, tragic nuts sounds 100%, pretty bad. A hundred percent. Yeah. Tragic so, although, nuts? Are we, are we putting terrible. this on field? Are we putting this on field or on autocorrect? Because is, is just craps afraid? Is just cramps? Like, should autocorrect oh, have known that he meant Someone cramps? has said just craps before. Who? Field eights. No, he has not. Well, he does have two little kids at home. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, I think possible. he says that all the time. And he now. has a dog, so it's yeah. not inconceivable. It's never that just it's that. crap. <laughs> yeah. And I, maybe like in the in the dice game, like it's a, you know, what did you roll? Ah, just craps. And when we're moving, what on are you with playing? Uh, it's just it's also crap. Yeah. Do you play blackjack and and uh, and also play the slot machines? No, just craps. <laughs> See, that's an opportunity. But no one has ever said tragic nuts. No, it's literally never happened. Never. So, so what, what did they serve on the plane? Tragic. Nuts. It, n- nothing, right? No. What, maybe Mac Jones and Sauce Gardner this oh, week. Too that so, was yeah. tragic nuts, Ooh. right? I mean, that, that, we had that. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that Apple just needs to get better. Yeah, I love the iPhone, and, and I'm all in on all this stuff. But if you can't correct, if, if, if my friend is trying to tell me that he's going to be late because of tragic nuts, we can get better than that. Greenies Takes. All right, next order of business, my takes on Monday night. We had two games last night, and I'm going to give you three things you need to know about it, and then I'll let our Philadelphia fans here address what they saw from their Eagles. But here are three things you need to know about Monday night football's doubleheader last night. Number three. Joe Burrow has averaged 4.7 yards per attempt this year. Only two quarterbacks in the last 20 seasons started each of the first three games of the season and averaged fewer yards per attempt. Should we assume this is a function of his calf? What, what, to what do we attribute the fact that he is averaging so little per attempt? I mean, it has to be the calf first and foremost, but also it seems to me that the Bengals need to divorce, uh, diversify their portfolio offensively. They're effectively running the same offense they did in each of the previous two seasons, but their quarterback isn't close to 100%, and the league has all that tape now. The only team right now in the whole league with fewer explosive uh, pass plays than Cincinnati is New England, and this has been their calling card for the last couple years now. I'd be worried, and Vegas says you should be worried too, because right now the Bengals and the Steelers have almost identical odds to win the North. Think about that. The Bengals in the AFC title game, each of the last two seasons, 
are sitting right there with Pittsburgh in terms of the best chance to win the division. Who, who do they, Vegas likes, I assume, Baltimore? They have Baltimore as a, as a $1.90, and then they have the Browns at plus 215, then Cincinnati and Pittsburgh a distant third and fourth, respectively. All right, we'll see. I, st- I wouldn't give up on them, but so far their offense has been just craps. Number two. Over the last two games, Philadelphia has gained 31 first downs rushing while allowing one. That's in wins over Minnesota and Tampa. They have gained 31 rushing first downs and allowed just one first down on the ground, which leads us to... Number one. We can be as underwhelmed as we want, but if you're going to try and knock Jalen Hurts, you have to be tragic nuts. The Eagles are 20-1 and in Jalen Hurts' last 21 regular season starts. So those are my notes coming out of last night. Let's go to the Eagles fans in the house. Hembo, your take right now on your Philadelphia Who cares? Eagles. The Eagles are brilliantly boring. The Eagles are boringly brilliant. Yesterday was a workmanlike effort offensively. It's uninspiring. The pass game has a long way to go. But the defense is special. Like What the defense demonstrated last night is that that might be the best unit of its kind in the NFC. Not in San Francisco, not Dallas. And the biggest reason for the potential improvement there is Jalen Carter, the ninth overall pick in the draft, a rookie, a place where it's very difficult to stand out, a place where historically it's even more difficult to stand out right away. He is absolutely wrecking the game. The, the, the Bucks had three points and 99 yards across their first eight drives. And when you look at what Jalen Carter did by himself yesterday, he forced a fumble, a ridiculous play, by the way, um, that led to a field goal at the end of the first half, and then created a gap for that third quarter safety. We're talking about a, a player in his third game playing defensive tackle, that effectively produced five points for his offense. That is rare talent. That's the best player in the draft right now. He's even money to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm awfully glad he's on my team. Yeah, he he was the best player in the draft in everyone's estimation. There were questions about all the the, the off-the-field stuff and and the the incident that he was involved in and everything else. There were questions about the impact on culture. There were no questions about the talent. He's like Warren Sapp-like. He's that good in the middle of that defensive line, a position that I think has become incredibly valuable in the NFL. You look at Aaron Donald, they won a championship. You look at Quinn and Williams, he's an incredibly important player on his team. You look at Chris Jones, he seems to change absolutely everything in Kansas City. Cam, how do you feel about your Eagles three games in, 3-0, and while not setting the world on fire offensively? 3-0 and is 3-0. and I think we just have to get used to the fact that it's not going to look exactly the same as it did last year. Jalen Hurts looks just slightly shaky, could be the new coordinators. He threw two picks last night. One, two plays later, Jalen Carter forced a fumble. One, the next play, they got a safety. So they still have things to work out. The defense on the run game is ridiculous and anchoring this team. And the next three games, they have the Commanders, Rams, and Jets. They should be 6-0 and after that. I expect the passing game to be figured out by then, by the time they play Dolphins, Chiefs, and, and teams like that. So been ugly, but 3-0 is 3-0, and they still have a lot of easy games left. And then I think back half of the season, they'll turn it on. Yeah, it's so rare that you have like five B pluses or better along your offensive line. But the Eagles have that. And it's not that interesting. It's not that sexy. They've got a Hall of Fame center. They've got a Hall of Fame right tackle. This team's rushed for 460 yards in their last two games. And that offensive line has created 343 of those before the back was contacted. Most of that is DeAndre Swift, who the Eagles got for a seventh-round pick swap and a 2025 fourth-round pick. That's why teams don't pay their running backs. If you have those 
players along your offensive line, and you can hand the belt to the uh, the ball to the be- in the belly of almost any back. It raises the floor of your football team and your offense so much. The Eagles are going to be six and zero, and that run game once again is going to be absurd. Meanwhile, Bubba, I, I must ask you then. A week ago, you were riding as high as a person could possibly ride. Your team had won its first two games, 70-10. to 10. Now your hated rival, the Eagles, are 3-0 and after your team lays an egg against Arizona. Yeah. People are burying the Cowboys. Rex Ryan on TV calling them out. Damian Woody on TV calling them out. How are we feeling about our Cowboys this morning, Bubba? All right, everyone's settled down. It's just, you know, it's just one game. Like I said, Cowboys will be back. Eagles are good. Eagles are certainly good. I'm, I definitely could do without the Eagles getting Jalen Carter at nine. I mean, I understand, obviously, why he fell that much. Usually, this is a move the Cowboys make. The Cowboys tend to get these players with the character, you know, uh, issues, and they fall to the Cowboys. You know, that happens a lot of times with them. So, uh, he seems to be unbelievable. We're going to hear from Chris Candy later in the show. He said uh, he would actually probably take... Jalen Carter over Micah Parsons, I think he said earlier on, on, on Sportsmite this morning. Wow. So, um, I mean, he's unbelievable. Um, I'm, I, I still have faith in the Cowboys. I'm not, I'm not worried. The Eagles are good, but I, we'll, we'll, we'll match up later in the year and see, but I'm not worried. Well, you know, the, the, the thing that I will always come back to, the Cowboys got Micah Parsons at 12. The Cowboys traded back and got Micah Parsons, and, and that is going to look – at some point, like it's going to be one of the great deals. People criticize that pick. People were like, "Oh, this," you know. Some people love people. Like, He's the best player in the draft. But a lot of people were like, well, "Who is this guy?" What's, yeah, because he was that, an off the ball linebacker. At a, Penn this State. doesn't fit. This doesn't make any sense. What are they doing this? I just remember Lewis Riddick being like, "He's the best player in the draft." They got the best person. I don't know that anyone realized he was going to be as versatile as he has been. He can do a lot of things, but he rushes the passer as well as anybody in the league. Here's the biggest difference, Bubba, between the Eagles and the Cowboys, in my judgment. I think the Cowboys, at their best, when the Cowboys are playing downhill, that's the best team in the whole league. Because when they can dictate the tempo to you, and they can you know, set free those pass rushers, they're unstoppable. They're like the Colts 15 years ago. But when that's, the, like, when that's not the case, when that doesn't happen, when you have to swim upstream, that, we saw what happened in week three. Like The Eagles are 3-0 and despite not having played an A game yet. When the Cowboys have to take a punch, they fell down. Like How many ways can you win? That's the question I have. The Cowboys have one direct path to win, and when they play that way, they're the best team in the sport. But you're not going to be able to duplicate that 20 times in a year. The Eagles have, have, have managed through three games to win games three different ways while not playing their best. And that's why I think I still think the Eagles have to be considered the favorite at minimum to win that division, if not the whole conference. Well, we have one suggestion of a move the Cowboys should or at least could consider making that might completely shift the balance of power. We're going to get into that, plus one team losing its most important supporter as we continue next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. Cam, I'm just I'm fascinated by your musical choices. You're just playing Bob Dylan. I mean, this is a it's a great song, but it's a very old song. It doesn't seem related to anything we're talking about. So I'm curious your thinking behind choosing that 
musical accompaniment to come out of our break with. Sometimes you just want to hear one of the greatest songs of all time. I'm with you. Doesn't have to be related to the topic. I'm with you. This Sometimes is song- it is in the case of John Denver. This is... A- Okay, so we'll just move past that because I want to dive into a bunch of other things. Very quickly, Bubba, did you hear, before I get to the Namath stuff, did you hear um, Robert Griffin III raise the idea that with the Cowboys' struggles in the red zone, obviously missing Dalton Schultz, that they should trade for the extraordinarily talented and highly underutilized Kyle Pitts from Atlanta? What do you think of that? Uh, I did not hear that, but uh, no, I mean, I was... What do you mean you didn't hear it? What were you I mean, doing what this were morning? you doing between eight and ten this morning when we're doing the show and you're in theory? I mean, I'm watching most of it, but I'm, I mean, I'm in and out of the room doing different. things. I heard it. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you heard it. All right. Everyone <laughs> settled. I mean, Bubba, lie to me. I mean, you could have just, just as easily. Say yes. You could have just reacted to the idea. I, I mean, one would suggest that it is I'm tragic. A, I'm an, on, I'm an honest part. man. I'm an honest man. What, what do you think of the idea? I, I, I mean, I like the idea. I mean, I was interested in drafting him, and when he was uh, an option, but. Um, yeah, I mean, right now we we do not really have a good tight end option because yeah, they let Schultz go and they really just have a bunch of rookies or, or one or two year guys there. So uh, I'm in, I'm into it. People thought that the Cowboys, I remember that, might trade up to take him. Instead, they traded back in that draft and got Micah Parsons. So obviously that worked out pretty well. But Kyle Pitts is highly underutilized. Oh, most most definitely. And last year uh, with Kellen Moore, parenthetically, the Cowboys had the number one red zone offense in the entire league. You know, it's funny because I was, I was reliably informed, Bubba, that the offense would be much better this year with a different play caller who wasn't focused on scoring as many points as possible. And so far over the last couple of days, you know, a couple of weeks, Cowboys red zone offense hasn't been nearly as proficient as it was a year ago. They lost the game to an Arizona Cardinals team that we think is not trying to win. Maybe that wasn't the source of the problem in Dallas. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, this last game was certainly in your favor of uh, a pro Kellen Kellen Moore situation. So, I mean, I I don't really have a good rebuttal to uh, if they should not have fired Kellen Moore based on this time. They absolutely should have fired Kellen Moore. No. They needed no. to move on to a. Different I, I mean, I plan. agree. I'm I'm I still think they should have, but this last weekend was not exactly Exhibit A. Is that was my, a really my, smug comment. By is him, my though. point. I'm I'm still in favor. I think it was the right move. They needed to do something different because of all the reasons we talked about. I think it was the right move. But what happened last week and was not the Exhibit A that you put up that, oh, Mike McCarthy is, is the reason things are going well. The suggestion you're making then is that they would have been 17-0 if they had kept Kellen Moore. They're going to lose a game and have a bad day. The bottom line of it is um, the Cowboys needed to change something. They had, they had been doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. They needed some significant change. It was either going to be the head coach, they decided not to. The quarterback, it would have been insane to. So the next best bet, change the play caller, change up the offensive philosophy. It made sense. The, the play caller under whom, during that three-year stretch, you had the second-best offense in the NFL. And you just kept not winning games. Yeah, when the but games not when they really mattered. Matter, they not when they win. mattered. That's what it's about. All right, let me get to this. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Look, everyone in New York, I'm sure by now, has has, has heard this time and time again. Joe Namath was on Michael Kay's show yesterday on ESPN Radio New York and went off on Zach Wilson. I feel the need to explain for people listening all across the rest of the country that Namath has historically been, not only is he the greatest legend that the Jets have ever had and the greatest player, but he has also been unwaveringly supportive through the good times and and the overwhelming number of bad 
He has stayed behind the team. He has had a positive message. He has tried to pump up the coaches when they're struggling. He's tried to pump up the quarterbacks when they're struggling. So for Namath to go in on Zach Wilson and by extension the organization as strongly as he did was jarring beyond the fact that he is the team legend. Here's part of what he said to Michael yesterday. I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made a wrong choice when they drafted him. I feel that way. He has some athletic ability, but you've got to have something up here that's going on whenever you're studying, reading, playing out there. Sitting down, throwing the boat. It's ridiculous. You've got the wrong people playing and picking them. Sitting down, to be clear, he's talking about the play, and he tweeted about it in the moment that it happened, Joe did. Um, there's a play where Zach Wilson feels pressure, but no one is actually about to tackle him, and he just sits down. Um, listen, are, are we piling on Zach Wilson? I guess. Um, it is not his fault that he was the second pick in the draft. He does have, from what I'm told, I've never met Zach Wilson in my entire life. I don't have anything against him personally. Clearly, a lot of other people do. He turned off a lot of people in that building, namely a lot of his teammates a year ago. But that doesn't even have anything to do with it anymore. He's incapable of playing. This is not about being bad. Every single week in the National Football League, we see people who play badly. There is a difference between someone who is bad and someone who just absolutely cannot play. And so Namath is now just pointing out what all the rest of us see. Now, Namath took it further, and he, he, he took this, like, to the organization. He picked these people. Douglas picked these people. What's he going to do? Get rid of everybody. What are you going to start over? Now, Mr. Johnson, hey, these guys aren't picking the right players. They're not doing a good job of coaching. It's evident. I mean, you've you got to look and see if you have an eye about football at all. You see things are haywire. It's too crazy. They need to fix it, and that's getting rid of a lot of people and bringing new ones in. Now that, that, that is going a long way. That is Joe going in on an organization that has been his life and, frankly, whose mantle he has carried almost single-handedly for half a century. I mean, the Jets just got Joe Klecko and, and Darrell Rivas into the Hall of Fame and Curtis Martin's a Hall of I mean, there are other great players who played for the Jets, but none of them are Namath. He is all of them combined. And he is sick to death of seeing it, and he's not taking it anymore. That, that took me aback. This is wild. Like I was watching this interview live. I sent a text to the group. I just couldn't believe my ears. He was just on fire, dropping bombs. And this is, I mean, this is, this would be like Tal Ripken saying this about the Orioles or Ernie Banks about the Cubs or Kobe about the Lakers. And, and the list goes on and on. You don't see this. And I don't know if this interview was scheduled in advance, if it was, you know, calculated in any way, or if, you know, based upon what happened on Sunday, they felt it was right to put him on. I don't know. But what I do know is that he speaks for the fan base. And while it's easy for the Jets as a team to ignore the fan base, it's not that easy for the Jets to just ignore what Joe Namath says on TV and on the radio wearing a Jets um, jersey. Right. Yeah, like that's, yeah. He's wearing team gear. Like they probably sent him. Like yeah. it, was, it was a, like, I can't believe what I'm watching type uh, situation. And I think there will be meetings at the Jets facility this week saying, can we really move forward uh, you know, with this guy at quarterback given the fact that all this is happening on the outside? Yeah, and it shouldn't, I mean, and it wouldn't have taken, look, I'm willing to cut them a bunch of slack. What happened to them is not come back from a bull. 
right? What what was the expression that uh, that Rodgers used during that preseason game? It's uncomebackwithable. When you lose your quarterback, when you build everything around having a quarterback, and, and and you're counting on that guy in the way that this team was, and you lose him as quickly as they did, there's you're no longer a Super Bowl team. All that stuff goes out the window. I'm not even thinking that way anymore. They need to hold this together. Because whether everybody realizes it or not, they are at this moment a powder keg that could explode at any point. And if this thing is as ugly on Sunday night as it has the potential to be, I'm genuinely afraid of what the fallout could be. We'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.